Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into the captivating world of global events, conferences, and entrepreneurship through the lens of Make No Small Plans. Co authored by Elliot Bisnow, Jeff Rosenthal, Jeremy Schwartz, and Brett Levey, the masterminds behind the world renowned Summit Group, this book uncovers the inside story of how a young team transformed a simple idea into an international platform for innovation and inspiration. But this book is not just a tale of their journey. It serves as a roadmap for any ambitious souls, offering actionable business wisdom and insights for those keen on creating their own success stories. Lending credibility to their advice, the authors are not just event pioneers, but have also had a fair share in the investment world through the Summit Action Fund, which has supported groundbreaking startups like Uber and Warby Parker during their crucial development phases. Designed to inspire, Make No Small Plans is an invaluable read for recent graduates exploring their paths, entrepreneurs seeking a spark of inspiration, and any individual interested in building influential business relationships. So, strap in as we uncover the secrets of building a global empire and fostering leadership in this powerful episode of 20-Minute Books. Make No Small Plans, Lessons on Thinking Big, Chasing Dreams, and Building Community. Introduction, Uncovering the Summit Saga, a Paradigm of Modern Entrepreneurship. Let's plunge into the world of modern entrepreneurship and tech-savvy culture, where Summit is making waves. A vision-ignited summit. Connecting individuals can cultivate phenomenal outcomes. This concept isn't novel, as prominent global leaders are frequent attendees at Davos and Aspen, where collaboration is at the heart. These attendees often comprise CEOs, presidents, Pulitzer Prize winners, and others spearheading colossal corporations. Yet the question lingers. What about tomorrow's pioneers, the architects of innovative apps and startups set to reshape our future world? What magic could occur if you gathered these minds and instigated conversations? In 2008, this inquiry led four young entrepreneurs, barely experienced and holding merely two college degrees, on a quest for answers. The fruit of their journey is encapsulated in the book Make No Small Plans. To distill it, they created Summit, an event organization that has earned a reputation as a Davos for emerging entrepreneurs, a breeding ground for rising talent. Initially, Summit was just a modest ski trip in Utah, worlds apart from the mammoth events it curates today. With just 19 attendees in a modest rental house and beer stocks depleting in half an hour, the budget was stretched thin. Yet, something powerful happened. Engaging in conversations, these participants began connecting dots, initiating deals, and paving paths for their futures. Lifelong friendships blossomed, a priceless achievement. Post-Utah, Summit's growth accelerated exponentially. Today, it hosts global events featuring esteemed speakers such as Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, and Al Gore, among others. Despite the dramatic expansion, Summit's essence remains intact. Echoing the Founders' Manifesto, we believe that the more great people you meet, 
the more great people you will meet. In this narrative, we unravel the story and ethos of Summit. We won't delve into every detail, that's a tale best narrated by the authors of Make No Small Plans. Instead, we'll sharpen our focus on five defining moments that embody the philosophy, ideas, and values driving these extraordinary entrepreneurs. As we delve deeper, you'll uncover why every idea deserves to be voiced, how to nurture substantial business relationships, and why maintaining a pinch of surrealism pays off. Part 1. When passion becomes your compass, resilience follows. You've probably heard the adage, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. This statement, passed down through generations, is almost synonymous with conventional wisdom. However, it doesn't fully capture the essence of passion. There's an assumption underlying this belief. Passion or hobbies are easy because they are inherently enjoyable. Work, on the other hand, is often perceived as a burden. It's something we have to do rather than what we want to do. The concept of time also becomes distorted. It flies by when we're engrossed in our passion but crawls when we're confined to mundane office tasks. Hence, if you could monetize your passion, the argument goes, it wouldn't feel like work. However, there's another side to the story. Passion drives us to dive deeper into our interests. The more we delve, the more intricacies we uncover. The quest for improvement amplifies our critical acumen and makes us acutely aware of any shortcomings. In essence, passion transforms us into perfectionists. Let's consider various activities, be it tennis, playing the guitar, or coding. The desire for improvement is inherent, but improvement is rarely a smooth journey. Practicing the same scale a thousand times can feel monotonous. Repeatedly trying to perfect a backhand in tennis can become tedious. Developing countless basic websites might seem mundane, yet you persist. You bear the brunt of the hardship because your passion fuels your resolve. The love for what you do keeps you going, even on rough days. In other words, when you love what you do, you work tirelessly every day, and it's a fantastic phenomenon. Why? Because you are working towards something meaningful, a goal that resonates with your values and aspirations. So, the conflict isn't between work and passion. This is a false dichotomy. The crucial aspects are care and interest. If you genuinely care about your work and it aligns with your persona, the taxing and mundane parts of the process gain relevance. This connection is your driving force, your push towards excellence. While this concept isn't explicitly encapsulated in a particular section or chapter in Make No Small Plans, it is a recurring undercurrent throughout. Naturally, this deep-seated care isn't the only ingredient for success. Building a global company is a multifaceted process. However, it forms a sturdy foundation upon which everything else is built. Part 2. Unearthing your true calling, yet playing it smart. Take a moment to journey back to 2008. The economy is tumbling, and the future seems bleak. Enter Elliot, a college student and one of the founders of Summit. Despite being in college, Elliot isn't content. Something vital is missing. Imagine Elliot walking to his campus, getting swept along in a sea of students all heading to the library, all reading the same textbooks, solving the same problems that the previous batch did, and vying for the same jobs in an economy marred by the worst recession since the 1930s. 
For Eliot, the equation didn't compute. He yearned to work on his own challenges, not those prescribed by his professors. He didn't want to simply study. He wanted to construct something tangible. In this pivotal moment, Eliot unearthed an imperative revelation about himself. He discovered his genuine interests and the career trajectory he wished to embark upon. Authenticity can appear as a monumental, intimidating, existential concept, primarily because we tend to perceive it in black and white. You're either authentic or you're not. But it doesn't have to be such an abrupt transition. Eliot's story testifies to this. Eliot realized his desire to be an entrepreneur, to create and solve his own problems. His initial instinct was to abandon college. However, his father, being practical and grounded, offered sage advice. He reminded Eliot of the stark difference between manageable risks and colossal ones. Leaving college and investing all his savings was a considerable risk. If things didn't work out, he would find himself in a dire situation. Alternatively, if he remained in college while pursuing his entrepreneurial interest, he would have a safety net and still retain half his savings. The bottom line, don't put all your eggs in one basket. How did Elliot respond? Wisely, he heeded his father's advice. He stayed in college and started selling ads in an online newsletter in his spare time, all while sparing his savings. Elliot refrained from making rash decisions like persuading his family to remortgage their house to support his business idea. This decision, too, plays a crucial role in the Summit Saga. The cold calls he made from his college dormitory taught him the skills necessary to kickstart his company. This brings us to a key lesson. Displaying authenticity doesn't equate to recklessness. Authenticity shouldn't spur you to blindly leap into uncertainty. Instead, it should gradually lead you to unlock doors to fresh opportunities. The journey commences with one simple question. What am I passionate about? Sometimes, the answer dawns upon you unexpectedly, just like it did for Elliot. At other times, a more introspective approach might be required. Ponder over it and note down your interests. It could be cooking, fitness, finance, or language learning. The next step? Dedicately allocate time to pursue these interests. Enroll in that cooking class. Obtain that fitness certificate. Sign up for that finance course. Many monumental ventures start with this pivot from an inactive desire to a dynamic pursuit. But remember, it's not an all-or-nothing game. So, while you should make no small plans, it's vital to start small. Part 3. The Power of Curiosity and Challenging the Norm to Spark Innovation Let's pull back the curtain on the often glorified landscape of entrepreneurship. Truth be told, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, particularly when you're making cold calls to potential customers from your childhood bedroom. And above all, entrepreneurship can be a solitary journey. Summit's future founders weren't strangers to this isolating feeling. There were numerous youthful entrepreneurs, yet connecting with them was an uphill battle. During the late 2000s, networking events appeared to be the only viable avenue. However, these events were grueling. Picture this. You're squashed in the glaringly lit lobby of a downtown hotel alongside a multitude of individuals, all vying for the same networking opportunities. The atmosphere was loud, suffocating, and chaotic. 
these events were less about socializing and more about commerce. Adding to the frustration was the fact that these gatherings didn't provide ample time or space for stimulating discussions. In fact, they seemed to promote tedious interactions. The environment was tailor-made for those who were always peddling something, always pursuing their agendas. It catered to people who viewed others merely as stepping stones to their own success. The emphasis was squarely on fleeting transactional exchanges that prioritized immediate or short-term gains. But successful networking thrives on the cultivation of long-term relationships with like-minded individuals. Good networkers understand that relationships require nurturing. They demand effort, practice, and time to flourish. The summit founders inherently grasped this concept. That led to an intriguing question. If the secret to forging excellent business relationships wasn't an enigma, why didn't a platform promoting such behavior exist? Where was the space for engaging profound conversations? Where could entrepreneurs truly connect? This question marked the inception of Summit Series. The timing was fortuitous, too. The ashes of the 2008 financial crash were fertilizing the growth of the digital economy. The advent of app stores had opened a universe of endless possibilities. A new wave of brands were revolutionizing the way products, ranging from mattresses to shoes to vacuum cleaners, were sold. However, these trailblazing entrepreneurs were like isolated islands. Collectively, they formed a fragmented archipelago, lacking any connecting bridges. This vacuum presented an opportunity for Summit. Their vision was clear, to unite as many of these innovators as possible in a conducive environment that fostered genuine discourse, not just for a fleeting moment and not in a claustrophobic hotel lobby, but in a welcoming, open space that encouraged profound interactions. With this vision in mind, Elliot booked a house near Utah's ski slopes and initiated cold calls to prospective sponsors and budding entrepreneurs. Nineteen individuals agreed to join a three-day ski trip, all expenses covered. This modest beginning marked the dawn of an extraordinary journey, triggered by challenging the status quo. Part 4. Ignite memorable experiences by embracing the extraordinary. So far, we've touched upon the power of pursuing your passions staying true to your authenticity, and starting small, demonstrating the courage to deviate from the conventional. What comes next in this journey of creation and innovation? For the minds behind Summit, regardless of whether they're curating an intimate gathering of less than 20 or a grand assembly of over 2,000 attendees, a few guiding principles always take center stage. First and foremost, let's discuss the attendees. Who should you invite? From the summit lens, status or wealth bear little significance. The real charm lies in an individual's passion. You begin by asking two simple questions. Firstly, is this person engaged in work that sparks joy in them? Secondly, are they a pleasant individual? If a person fits these two categories, they ace what's referred to as the airport test, meaning they're the kind of person you'd happily spend a few hours with during a delayed flight. These criteria guided the summit founders while organizing that memorable ski trip to Utah and continue to form the basis for their event invitations today. However, a collection of intriguing and pleasant individuals alone doesn't guarantee a successful event. Another vital element comes into play, 
Around 2010, Summit's founders found themselves dining with an inventive chef in Los Angeles. This culinary maverick had pioneered the city's pop-up restaurant phenomenon, swiftly becoming a central figure in the underground food movement. His daring endeavors included orchestrating dinners alongside bustling highways and atop sea-facing cliffs. Having heard about Summit and its events, this innovator suggested a shift in gears. He advised them to steer clear of the ordinary and embrace the surreal. This unconventional feedback triggered the realization of a crucial factor, atmosphere, the setting, the ambiance, the surreal backdrop that transforms an ordinary event into an immersive, unforgettable experience. How about hiring an entire cruise ship, filling it with more than a thousand fascinating attendees, and setting sail for a three-day adventure around the Bahamas? Summit turned this lofty dream into reality in 2011. This unique expedition brought together remarkable individuals in an extraordinarily vibrant environment. Imagine departing from the monotonous, brightly lit hotel lobbies and stepping into a realm of infinite possibilities. That was Summit at Sea, a spectacle of live music across various decks, meals prepared by rising chefs, cozy corners adorned with sheepskin rugs for captivating conversations, meditation sessions, conferences spanning topics from cryptocurrencies to conflict resolution, bars, pools, DJs, and much more. It was an oasis of endless entertainment and engagement. The success of Summit at Sea marked a turning point for the organization. Future events became larger, grander, and more surreal. This unconventional formula has drawn tens of thousands of attendees, facilitating the formation of enduring relationships. Success stories birthed from these gatherings include Quickie, an iPhone video sharing application that was acquired by Yahoo for $50 million, and wristwatch health tracker company Basis, which secured its initial round of significant investment at a summit event. When the right individuals converge in the perfect setting, magic happens. Imagination and conversation ignite, sparking extraordinary outcomes. Part 5. Embrace the unconventional, and success might just follow. While a groundbreaking idea might spark the birth of a venture-like summit, staying innovative and resilient over time requires fostering a culture where every idea is worth sharing. Let's delve deeper into that. Ideas, by nature, are inherently democratic. An intern might come up with a brilliant concept while a CEO could propose a lackluster one. Conversely, their roles and experience levels could also steer their ideas. The core takeaway here is that great ideas can sprout from anywhere, and the person's status behind the proposal doesn't necessarily determine its potential. So the first indicator of a culture that values innovation is equal opportunity for all voices to be heard. The second sign is an environment that encourages a steady flow of ideas. It's not just that anyone can contribute an idea, it's that everyone is expected to. The belief underpinning this approach is simple. Quantity paves the way to quality. It's only by openly expressing all ideas, no matter how unconventional, that the truly remarkable ones rise to the surface. If an idea doesn't fit the bill, you move on without any regrets. Engaging with several ideas, even if some turn out to be subpar, 
significantly increases your chances of discovering the gems among them. Booking an entire cruise ship for a multi-million dollar event initially sounded like an outrageous proposition. However, this daring move was precisely what catapulted Summit into the spotlight. This is where fostering a culture that invites out-of-the-box thinking truly shines. Often, ideas that may initially sound outrageous end up being practically feasible. Consider another audacious aspiration, inviting Jeff Bezos to speak at a summit event without depleting the entire annual budget on his speaking fee. On the surface, this seems like an unattainable feat, given that Bezos is one of the world's wealthiest and most sought-after individuals. However, giving this bold proposal a fair chance led to some intriguing revelations. Let's explore the notion of a speaking fee. It's essentially a remuneration for an individual's time and expertise. But does it always have to be monetary? As Summit's founders pondered over this, they realized it didn't necessarily have to be. A past experience where a limousine service, unable to afford paid ads, had offered their service as barter was recalled. Similar non-monetary exchanges had also been explored with bands that performed at Summit events. But what could possibly pique the interest of someone who seemingly has it all? The answer was a platform. Fast forward to 2016, when Bezos was already a household name. But the world knew little about his personal journey. Who was he? What were his values? This was the unique opportunity Summit offered him. A chance to narrate his story to a live audience of 2,500 and potentially to millions more who would watch the recorded interview later. This unique exposure far outweighed any speaker's fee. So the lesson here? Boldly pursue grand visions and give seemingly outlandish ideas a chance. They might just lead to unimaginable success. Final summary. We've just navigated through the fascinating narrative of Make No Small Plans, authored by Elliot Bisnow, Jeff Rosenthal, Jeremy Schwartz, and Brett Lev. What's the pivotal takeaway from our journey today? At its core, Summit thrives on the belief that remarkable outcomes emerge when diverse minds converge and initiate dialogues. This philosophy serves as the foundation for Summit's operation, fostering a platform for collaboration on ambitious plans. It's this relentless commitment to cultivating ideas, ingenious problem-solving, and most importantly, synergistic collaboration that has propelled Summit to its success. Feeling stuck or uninspired? Maybe it's time to attend a seminar, initiate or join a group passionate about exchanging ideas, and seek out those who can infuse fresh perspectives into your thought process. If you've enjoyed this exploration, don't forget to share your thoughts and rate us. We sincerely appreciate your feedback and insights. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.